0: Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Because
1: otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. When your child starts to speak, it opens a whole new world of understanding. We get insight into their thoughts, their feelings, who they are. It demonstrates the power of words to define who we are and what we are in the world. Which is just one reason why preserving indigenous languages is so important. At the time of European settlement, it's estimated that upward of 250 Australian language groups covered the continent. Only 120 of those languages are still spoken today. That's not to say that words with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander origins haven't made their way into modern Australian lexicon, and using those words in the correct way is vital when it comes to respect and understanding. Joining us on the line to talk about her book Ngana, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Words and Phrases, is Auntie Faye Muir, Yalakut Weelam of the Boonwurrung clan. Hi Auntie Faye, how are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you. And yourself?
1: Look, not too shabby at all. Andy Vey, you've worked uh, as a linguist at the Victorian Aboriginal Corporation for Languages. Why is maintaining Indigenous languages so important to you?
0: It's really important to, because as a child, I never heard it being spoken. So it's bringing that uh, reawakening the language again and, and speaking it for our next generations to come. There are lots of words
1: uh, in, in this book in Ghana that, that people will be familiar with, if we auntie, uncle, sorry business, elders. Um, what difference does it make to know the true meaning of these words?
0: Well, the true meaning of a lot of these words, especially auntie and uncle, is to do with um, respect for them. They might not be um, blood relatives, but that's the way we were brought up to you know, to say aunt and uncle when we um, were introduced to them instead of mister and missus. So that that is something that I have um, had all my life and that I've uh, passed on to my, my son and my grandchildren. So all these other words are really something that people have seen them but don't really know the meaning of. So this book was something that both Sue and I thought was really well worth writing. And it's been, um, as Uncle um, Jim Berg, a Gunditjmara elder at the back has said, when I read through Nanga, I feel proud. It explains Aboriginal language and culture in plain English. It will assist people from all walks of life and all ages to understand the rich cultural history of the oldest continuous culture in the world. So that's really, really important for teachers to have in their libraries and for children to be able to um, have it as a resource as well.
1: What do you think, in both your professional capacity uh, working with Indigenous languages and just also in your everyday life, what you observe in the media or, or in your friends, what do you think is the most misunderstood uh, word?
0: I think it's um, language because they all think that Aboriginal language is one language and it's many languages Mm. because Aboriginal people are a a diverse race. We're not all the same. So that's, I think, when that's written or I've seen that written, it it makes it really, you've really got to sort of pull it up and say, no, it's it's not like that. It's this way so that people really understand that um, there's, you know, diversity in Aboriginal communities and diversity in the languages in which we speak throughout Australia.
1: If understanding language then and drawing those distinctions between language groups and, and, and having people aware that language doesn't just mean one one uh, dialect, one group of words, what are some then of your favourite words that were included in the book and, and why did you include them?
0: I think... One of the ones was Pandera, and that was to do with safe passage when you go from, one, from your country to a, um, somebody else's land, some other clan's land. You've got to have safe passage to go in there so you, you exchange food or goods or you know artifacts that they might not have so that you can uh, walk through their country. So, you know, some of these elders that did that didn't even didn't speak just one language they had to speak you know anything up to 8 or 10 languages to transverse through you know the different uh, clan groups countries
1: when when you say there there's six or seven or eight different languages is there a, a language base from which all these different languages have grown? Sort of how when you have your uh, Anglo-European languages, there's p- people often cite like a Latin or a Greek base. With these Indigenous languages, is there sort of a core tree from which they've all proverbially grown or were they all very independent in their evolution?
0: All very independent in their own way. Um, I can speak three languages. That's my mum's, my dad's and my grandmother's. And they, they don't have, um, they might have one or two words that are common, but the rest is so different. Even neighbours to, you know, to to us, uh, their language is completely different again.
1: Why is correct usage, Auntie Faye, so important, particularly uh, when it comes to reporting and in the media, and, and the onus really is on you know, people like, like myself and us here at Kindling Kids Radio. Why is correct usage so important when it comes to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander vocabulary and, and issues and reporting?
0: I think it's been, um, over the years, it's been so misconstrued and hasn't always been able to be um, pulled up to say, no, that's not right, you need to do it this way. And you know, for people to listen to that as well, because a lot of uh, you know reporters have just gone on their own way and done it their way instead of a- actually speaking to Aboriginal people. And, and that's the, I think that's the biggest hurdle that's been um, happened over the years. They haven't spoken to Aboriginal people to find out how they thought that it should be reported.
1: How can we talk to our children? regardless of, of our origins, how can we talk to our children about correct usage when it comes to language?
0: Um, I think it's to do with the teachers that are... ..and, you know, start off in the kindergartens and get actually get an Aboriginal person in to teach words to the kids. And, you know, because, you know, what children are like, they pick up language mm. so easily. Yeah. And the meaning, you know, when I go in, I take uh, soft toys... And I name them so that the kids are able to hold those animals and all birds and say the name. And it sort of clicks with them a lot quicker so that they, you know, have a a better understanding that languages, um, these different languages, not just English. And I think, uh, you know, learning the First Nations people's um, language is very, very important because it hasn't been spoken for so many um, hundreds of years. I think that's
1: a beautiful spot to end it on. Aunty Faye, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. That was Auntie Faye Muir, Yalakut Wheelam of the Boomerang Clan. For more info on her book that we were just chatting about there with her co-author Sue Lawson, Ngana Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Words and Phrases, we'll pop links up on our website. Head to the Kindling Conversation page. That's kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.